Good morning, and welcome to your Tech 5 Coffee Break with Ben Harrison. We live in a rapidly changing and confusing world of technology and media reporting that affects all of us, both today and far into the future. But today I'd like to talk about something that is familiar to all of us, but perhaps not understood. I'll start with the question, what is DNA? We've all seen stunning pictures of DNA models, and we may even have heard the phrase, doxyribonucleic acid. DNA can seem futuristic, scientific, and sometimes even magical. But there's a simple, less mysterious definition of DNA. It affects our appearance and abilities, and it also links us back through the generations. DNA is the most basic inheritance we get from our parents and our grandparents and great-great-grandparents, and so on. Each of our direct ancestors have in some way contributed to the DNA we carry in our cells. There are 22 non-sex chromosomes within the nucleus of a cell. When you combine DNA testing with family history research, you can make connections with living family members, including some you may not even know you had, and your own ancestors. Adoptees and others with unknown parentage can use DNA testing to find and connect with their biological families, or to learn more about where their ancestors came from. DNA testing won't always provide adoptees with a quick answer to finding their biological roots, but with some traditional genealogy research and DNA testing, many have found success. If you wish to connect with your biological family or determine an unknown parent, consider taking a DNA test. A DNA test can be taken by males or females and may provide you with DNA matches within five to six generations on both your biological mother and father's sides of the family. A DNA match, sometimes referred to as a cousin match, is the result of your DNA data being compared to other people's data to identify matching segments of chromosomes that indicate a family relationship. How closely you are related depends on how much DNA you and the other person share. An adoptee, for example, may be successful in connecting with his or her biological family while learning more about more distant DNA matches. Some of the DNA cousin matches may have additional information available for you to review online. Additional information may include family surnames, places of origin, or even a family pedigree with names, dates, and places. The legal community is developing great interest in DNA as its use for evidence in courts uh, has grown enormously in recent years and helped law enforcement identity or identify as well as solve difficult crimes. DNA evidence has proven over the years that many convicted people are innocent. While DNA evidence collected at the scene of a crime can be accurate, there is a danger of the evidence being compromised. During the collection process, as most crime scenes often have very small samples of DNA, and any contamination of any evidence could jeopardize the identification of the criminal. In the 1980s, many states began enacting laws that required the collection of DNA samples from offenders 
who are convicted of certain sexual as well as other violent crimes. DNA in many cases is used in two major ways. The first highly accurate case is often when the suspect is identified and a sample of the person's DNA is compared to that found in the crime scene. The results that come from this comparison are important as they help establish whether or not the suspect actually committed the crime. This type of comparison is highly accurate. However, there are cases where a suspect has not yet been identified. In these instances, the biological evidence that exists in the crime scene is analyzed as well, as compared with other offender profiles in different DNA databases that exist. The chance of a person's DNA profile matching that of another person is extremely small, estimated to be at around 1 in 1 billion better than fingerprinting and the testimony from eyewitnesses. The use of DNA evidence has also been able to exonerate a lot of innocent people that were convicted through post-conviction uh, analysis of different biological samples, in fact, because DNA profiling and analysis did not exist until the 1980s. A re-examination of the evidence which was collected in older investigations often revealed DNA profile of that person that was convicted of a crime does not in any way match the profile that exists from biological samples which were collected from the crime scene. This consequently means that the person is innocent and was wrongly accused and convicted. We've had a number of high-profile cases in Canada on persons who were wrongly con uh, committed for a crime they did not commit and languished behind bars for years. Unfortunately, wrongful convictions undermine the criminal justice system's legitimacy. If someone is wrongfully convicted, that person is punished for an offense he or she did not commit, and the actual perpetrator of the crime goes free. To make it all worse, advocates say many who were ultimately exonerated watched their applications stall for years in the Federal Review Board process. Hopefully, continuous research on DNA and genetics will carry on into, quote, Stephen Hawking, quote, with genetic engineering, we will be able to increase the complexity of our DNA and improve the human race. But it will be a slow process because one will have to wait about 18 years to see the effect of changes to the genetic code. You've been listening to Tech 5 with Ben Harrison from Muskoka's only nonprofit radio station. Hunters Bay Radio 88.7 FM.